Inside ball, up and caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown, Titans! Johnu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! Fumbles, ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out. And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven. And he wins. Hey, 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 what's going on to our favorite people, all of our listeners here at Titans Beat? I'm one of your hosts, Anna Lewis, and I have the lovely Joe Lemon with me today. Joe, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Going well. You know, just um, it's Thursday, trying to get over the aftermath of Monday and moving forward, looking forward to uh, starting the second half of our season. So um, I'm excited to talk about it, excited to break everything down with you today. Yeah, uh, really big win up in Indianapolis uh, this past weekend. That was pretty much a playoff game. Uh, fortunately, after almost blowing the game, the Titans found a way to come back and prevail and win. But that win did come with an extremely large cost with a loss of Derrick Henry for up to six to eight weeks, if not longer. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that game and the implications that it had. However, we're on to this Sunday night in L.A., and we're going to have a lot to talk about going into this game this weekend. Yeah, so much happened. The It was really Monday. Monday was just like <laughs> the craziest for me, I'm sure for you as well, and for a lot of our Titans fans that are listening. It's just really emotional. It was something that, um, you know, we've we've heard so many people say, okay, what are y'all going to do if Derrick Henry gets hurt and he's out for a few weeks? We've all been like, that's Iron Man, you know, not worried about it. Um, so it, it was a little reality check. I think for all of us is definitely really disheartening, um, for Derek, I'm sure I can't imagine how he feels. And, you know, like you said, we have to move on and and go to the next week. And that's what a lot of players have been, um, saying in their interviews this week at practice as well. So, you know, they all have a lot of love for him, but he would want them to keep it pushing. So that's what they're going to do. But that game Sunday was (laughs) stressful. (laughs) I know you were there, right? Yeah, I was. That that was I've been to a lot of nail biters. I've been to a lot of cloaked games. But with all that was on the line with that game, even before you knew that Derrick Henry was hurt, like it it was so nerve wracking to the point where I almost wasn't having fun at the end. Like it was like, Oh my God, <laughs> if if we lose this game, like it, it would have completely turned our season around. Because then I mean you're yeah. looking at you only have a one game lead in the division. You've now split the season with the Colts coming up with the Rams this week and the Colts had the Jets this week or tonight. And if they win and we lose, that we would have been tied in first place. However, now we've got a three-game cushion where essentially our magic number to win the division is only two games. So yeah. it's, people don't really realize the magnitude of how big that win was last week. Yeah, and it's always nice to sweep the Colts too. That's like my favorite part about it. But um, something that a lot of people haven't talked about again just Derrick Henry of course like Derrick Henry was in the running to be MVP through and through um and I I think it's funny to hear all these especially the national media and I don't care about the national media but to hear so many people say uh running back's not going to win MVP and then as soon as he gets hurt they're all like oh that's so sad because he was on an MVP run it's like can y'all can you pick a side but because of that story you know nobody's talking about the fact that the Titans are number one in the AFC it's a pretty big deal I think it's because a lot of people don't really care because they figure it's just a matter of time till we fall out of the spot and they'll never have to talk about it. Um, yeah. But 
you know, our, our team's not dumb to that, that they're right now in control of their own destiny to get a first round bye, which we definitely need. So yeah. if we can make some noise and win this weekend, I don't think they'll have any choice but to talk about us. Yeah, I think I feel like we've been saying that for weeks now. We're like, okay, if we win this week, they have to talk about us, and then they don't. And it's like, okay, but if we win this week, you know, but I think if we beat if we beat LA, we've been on a that would be a four game win streak, right? Mm-hmm. Or five. Four. Because um, we beat the Bills, then Kansas City, then the Colts, and then that would be LA. That would be four. Our first game against the Colts was that before the Jets? It was. Okay, cool. That's why I was getting confused. So, yeah, four-game win streak against very, you know, notable opponents. And the division games are never easy, even if, like, even when we play Jacksonville and Houston, yeah, they're not great teams, but division games are never easy, so you can't take away that. If you go and beat Aaron Donald in L.A., you you have to talk about the Titans. But I'm with you. Like, I, I kind of like not having the national media recognition because our guys just – I don't know. They they play better when they don't have it. They play with the chip on their shoulder, and I love it. And one guy I want to shout out really quick is Kevin Byard, mayor of Murfreesboro, out here getting AFC Defensive Player of the Month. That's awesome. Uh, to speak on Kevin Byard's name, I have to apologize because last season I was one of his biggest haters. I thought he played like absolute trash last year. And yeah. through the first almost half of the season this year now, like he has been, you know, all Solid. pro. So, I mean, he's the leader on the one of the leaders on this defense uh, in the secondary. He's the leader in the secondary. And, you know, I hope he can keep up doing what he's doing because right now he's just balling on another level. Yeah, he is. It's just he's everywhere. Um, it's really fun to see that again because that's the KB we all know and love. So I think last year he was probably masking more than we realized um, where he maybe wasn't having his electric plays, but he was making plays that um, probably could have been worse than what they were because he was having to carry a, a pretty struggling defense. We'll just say that. So However, um, I, I know last year he was just, he was mismatched all over the place all the time. And yeah. What, what's really impressed me this year is he draws a lot of matchups onto the big tight ends. That, that's his job. Mm-hmm. A majority of the time is to cover the tight end. And last year he was just getting out of position with bigger bodied guys that were just going above him and getting the ball. He has been locked down this year. Yeah. And I don't know, obviously, this play wasn't on a tight end. However, in overtime last week, when he made the pretty much the game-winning interception, he was standing at almost midfield on the logo when that pass was yeah. thrown. And his his game sense draw, drew him all the way to outside the numbers to make that play, and that was just that was awesome. It was super awesome game sense, awesome leadership in the secondary to make up for what many people wrote off once uh, Christian Fulton and Caleb Farley got hurt. So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So definitely excited to see how KB looks on Sunday. Um, speaking of Christian Fulton, he is coming up on where he can start coming back, correct? Do you know his status? Because I, I feel bad even coming on here and not knowing. <laughs> he has not been designated to return yet. I believe that this okay. is his uh, – Did what game did he get hurt in? Was it the Bills? I think it was the Bills. So it was Bills, Kansas City, Indianapolis. Right. This would be the first week he could. Yeah, this would be the first week he could even be put on designated to return. So, so depending probably, on how he's doing, maybe next week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think that they could. Yeah, it would have to be after this game. So, 
Um, I know that was a question that I heard in Twitter spaces this week is, could we get Christian Fulton back? And I didn't think so, but I didn't know for sure. So I didn't know what your thoughts were on that. But hopefully, you know, especially after seeing Derek go down, I'm really on the team of, uh, hey, let's let's make sure our guys are as close to 100% as they can be. I know there's not there's no 100% in football, but can we get them to 90 before we push them back? Because we are in that control our own destiny spot. We are in a really good position in the AFC. So we basically just have to ride it out. I mean, we're there's like a 93% chance of us making the playoffs and it's week nine. So that's pretty cool. But um, just ride it out and make sure you guys are good to go for the playoffs because we've almost solidified our spot completely. Right. And with uh, Derek Henry going out, obviously big hit, but we have now brought in Adrian Peterson, as everybody saw. The Titans acted right. very quickly Monday morning to the news of Henry being out. Brought in Adrian Peterson all day for a workout and very quickly signed him afterwards. So not only now do you have a future Hall of Famer with Julio Jones on this offense, you now have another future Hall of Famer at running back with Adrian Peterson. So what do you think he's yeah. going to look like this week? I'm so excited. I, I just want to take a moment and like appreciate that because uh, my dad, like my family grew up as Titans fans, of course, and that's how they raised me. But my dad was a really big fan of the Vikings because of Adrian Peterson. So it was really cool to get that signing this week because he was a player outside of the Titans that I always kept an eye on, especially when he was in Minnesota. So um, excited to see what he looks like here with our offense. I think, um, you know, that's the least amount of drop off that you could have from Derrick Henry with the available running backs out there. He, he was the best choice. Now, with how quickly we acted, I think that they were probably already talking to him when they realized Darrington Evans wasn't going to pan out this year. I think there was probably already some conversation. And then when Derek got hurt, they're like, okay, you got to come today. You know, I, that's just me. Because that move was so fast. Um, but I think uh, football and other F words, I don't know if y'all followed them on Twitter, but they've got a good podcast over on Broadway sports and they basically broke down Adrian Peterson's stats in Detroit last year behind a very bad run, run blocking offensive line. Very, very bad. I think he was averaging like 3.4 yards um, per carry and they had him out there 12 to 15 carries. Um, and he just with the touchdown percentage, basically what Zach had done was he extrapolated that over what we have left and inflated the yards per carry a little bit just because our run blocking offensive line is better than Detroit's. So I think he bumped it up to like 3.7 that would put him at like 590 or 600 yards and six or seven touchdowns. So I think you see him out there a good third of the time, maybe a little less. I think you're going to see a lot of McNichols. Like you're going to see a lot of Foreman depending on how he looks in practice. Um, but I do think we see red zone Adrian Peterson. I think we see him score. So Sunday will be interesting, you know, because he's learning a whole new playbook. But, again, I do think there were conversations beforehand, so maybe he was already kind of prepping for it anyways. What do you think? Yeah, um, I know, like, kind of like what you said, he did relatively well for the workload he was allowed and the situations he was allowed when he was in Detroit. Um, I, I personally think, depending on how much juice he has left in the tank, that he can eclipse the 1,000-yard mark depending on when Derrick Henry comes back. Um, so – I can see it being a huge signing. I love the signing. He's a big physical back, runs with a very similar style that Derek does. So uh, we'll see how quickly he can move into this role. However, yeah. I do want to talk about the offense as a whole and how Derek Henry getting hurt impacts our offense. 
Something that I've read online this past week that has just been driving me absolutely nuts is that people have been saying, oh, he's been having, you know, not that great of games the past few weeks. It doesn't matter. It's not going to take that much to replace that production. It's not about the production that you're replacing. Right. Opposing defenses have got to scheme against Derrick Henry and only Derrick Henry going into every single game. That's what teams do. They say, okay, if we can stop Derrick Henry, we can trust our secondary to lock down A.J. Brown or Julio Jones, depending who they have out there healthy and playing. And that's why you see all these loaded box, uh, boxes in the front is because they're trying to stop Derrick Henry, and they can't. And guess what? That's what opened up A.J. Brown, even though Derrick Henry was hurt. They didn't know the extent of his injury, and that let right. A.J. Brown eat last week. So now, with no disrespect to Adrian Peterson, I don't think anybody's looking at him as a threat right now. He's going to have to go out there, and he's going to have to have a massive game for people to still respect our run game. If not, they're going to bet on stopping the run and dropping people back in coverage. So yep. it's not as simple as, oh, let's just replace 60 yards of rushing. No, you're replacing an entire game it's plan. so much more. Yeah, it's so much more than that. And that's something that I've seen a lot of too, and it's been really frustrating. And like I host Twitter spaces almost every day just to talk Titans and get other people's thoughts on um, you know different things that are going on. So obviously this week's been a hot week. And a lot of people have come in my Twitter spaces and been like, oh, we're going to be fine. Same reason you said he hasn't been that productive. He is that entire, no disrespect to anybody else on our offense. Derrick Henry is the offense. And every DC, exactly like you said, loads the box, trusts their secondary to do what they need to do to stop A.J. Brown and Julio Jones because they're going to run the ball anyways. And now you have to... I think something we've talked about the last couple of weeks is you've got to command respect in different aspects of your game. So we had already established the respect for our run game, and that's why you see defenses play the way they do. Now we have to reestablish that respect for our run game. And you know, hope Adrian Peterson and Jeremy Jeremy McNichols and Deontay Foreman all get out there and do that. And I think there's nothing wrong with run by committee. They it's just going to take some time. So I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we were talking about how you know our defense took a few weeks to get settled because we had a lot of new pieces um our receiving core was taking a few weeks because julio and ryan had to get their their chemistry up now we've got to let our running unit take a few weeks to get their stuff together to establish that threat so i I don't know that we're going to see like a perfect game plan on sunday because honestly i don't think todd downing or mike rabel was anticipating having to do this but i do think that adrian peterson is the he was the best option we had out there and he is a big physical back and we don't really have to change our playbook for him because it is such a similar style to Derek, but it is completely different. And if it was 27, 28 year old Adrian Peterson, I'd say, okay, he's going to command that respect, but he's 36 years old. So that's no disrespect to him. I'm amazed that he can still play football, <laughs> but um, it, it is different. So, and especially going against somebody like Aaron Donald, man, <laughs> I'm i uh, I'm a little anxious for Sunday night. The more exciting thing about this whole Adrian Peterson signing is I I have full faith that we're going to see Derrick Henry back before the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, Well, depending on seeding implications, if there's still a chance for the number one seed, I think you'll see him back before the playoffs. If not, they'll probably just rest him. But regardless, when we get to the playoffs, you're going to see a backfield with Derrick Henry commanding touches on first and second down. And then you have Adrian Peterson coming into play when he's yeah. on the sideline. Like, that's insane. 
So yeah, this might be a blessing in disguise. Obviously, the the personal accolades that Derrick Henry was chasing are pretty much done. But that all gets erased if you win a Super Bowl. Yeah, let's get him that Super Bowl MVP. I'm sure he wouldn't mind that at all. Right. So moving on to this week, I know you talked a lot about the offensive line and how we're built to run the ball. A lot of people haven't talked about this, however, but we're at risk of Nate Davis not being available for Sunday night. Yeah, He left late in the game on Sunday and has not returned, has not yet uh, practiced. He's in concussion protocol. So now your already weakest side of the line just got a little bit weaker. So it's going to be really yeah. interesting to see how they step up, especially when you got Aaron Donald and Von Miller coming at you. You're going to have to block. Otherwise, Tannehill is going to get care, uh, going to get killed. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm. That's what I'm so nervous about. And before we get too far into this, I do want to take a minute and just from all of us at Titans B and the Say It Again Network, um, Albert wanted us to make sure that we put out here, um, you know, prayers up to Derek and his recovery and best wishes to that. You know, we all got your back. We're all here ready to cheer you on when you come back to get healthy and we'll see you and we'll see you soon. Um, just want to throw that, throw that out there before we got too far off of that. But um, that that's what I'm most scared of Joe, because Ryan Tannehill was a little banged up on Sunday because he got his world rocked by DeForest Buckner. And um, they, you know, the media was saying he was showing like a little stiffness in his neck and all that. So when you think about that, I mean, I don't, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to play scared. I've got a lot of respect for him. And the one thing that I love about him is like, he will run and he will take a hit and he'll initiate contact. But if you got a stiff neck, I need you to not do that. <laughs> so that makes me a little nervous. And then also, like you were saying, having our weak side of the O-line potentially be weaker than it already is um, going against the best defensive tackle of his generation I, I'm nervous. I am. I, I can't even lie. Like, out of all the matchups in that game, Aaron Donald versus our kind of tattered offensive line is the one that I am so, so anxious for. Yeah, and, uh, you know, while we're talking about Ryan Tannehill, I've, I've been critical of him this season. However, I am excited right now because this is an opportunity to prove everybody wrong that he can be just as efficient without Derek Henry in the backfield. So I'm looking forward to hopefully being proven right. There's been a lot of things that have been called crazy <laughs> for this season as far as my predictions that have came true. I predicted that this team would be on track to win 12-plus games. I predicted we were going to blow out the Chiefs. And now I'm going to predict that Ryan Tannehill passes for over 400 yards and three touchdowns this week. I wish I could see my face right now. <laughs> That's um. I'm gonna need you to put that in print. We're gonna throw it on a tweet. Actually, no. This is gonna be the preview. <laughs> Holy cow! I'm hey. I'm with you though. I think a lot of people, and I think this year maybe people understand where I'm coming from a little bit better. Um, I'm with you. I hope Ryan Tannehill proves everybody wrong. I was actually uh, talking to a couple people about that this week. Um, my dad and I are some of Tannehill's biggest critics. But when we were talking on Tuesday, I think it was, he was like, um. You can't be critical of Tannehill right now because he's getting his world rocked every time he takes the ball. And um, if you're going to be critical of anybody, it's that offensive line. So hopefully they can get it together to protect him. But if they can't, let's hope he hangs onto the ball 
and just takes a sack or whatever or throws it away, whatever he has to do instead of fumbling it because that Rams defense will take advantage of that and they will go score off of it. So, um, and Aaron Donald has one forced fumble this season and we're only, you know, eight weeks in for a D tackle. That's, you know, that's pretty, it's average for that stat line, but just, we all know his impact and his ability to blow up plays. Um, uh, if Ryan Tannehill doesn't do what you just said, I'm still probably not going to be critical of him on Sunday. He's getting a lot of grace from me right now. I, I think I think it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. I think because our, our, we're going to find a way to score. Uh, Julio's going to be out there. AJ's going to be out there. We're going to find ways to score. He may not hit 400. It may be in the 300s, but he's going to have a massive yeah. stat line. I'm going 375. Bold. I'm, I'm going bold. I'm going 400. Look, if Mike if Mike White can do it, so can Ryan Tannehill. That's all I'm saying. Period. So, you know what? Period. Um, but I think it's going to be a shootout. However, Jalen Ramsey does make me a little uh, a little nervous just knowing that he's not going to have to drop down and help with the run game as much. He's going to be back there trying yep. to lock up A.J. or Julio. However, the great thing is if he's locking up A.J., that means he's not locking up Julio. And if he's locking up Julio, right. he's not locking up A.J. So right. it's a lot different team than he's faced in the past with Corey Davis and whoever else is out there. So it's the first time he's played Nashville since he's left Jacksonville. So I'm sure yeah. he's excited not to have to worry about getting embarrassed by Derrick Henry again this time. Right. <laughs> and something I wanted to bring up too, um, we've alluded to the injuries, but I can't remember who put the chart together, but there's a chart floating around on um, social media this week of they basically charted the, all the teams in the NFL um, the, the X axis was, sorry, I'm like going back to math. Um, the X axis was wins for the season and nope, that was the Y. And then the X was, um, number of games missed, um, by injured players. And we were like, everybody's kind of in a clump over here, right by, you know, zero, zero. And then we're all the way over here with six wins. And I think it was 126 missed games between all of our injured players. So, What's crazy, I think it was Ryan Mouton that put it out there, like it, we haven't even seen a fully healthy Titans team at all. And we're six and two and we're number one in the AFC. That is, and we basically have our division. We're basically in the playoffs. Like this is the first time in a long time, Titans fans, that y'all can feel really, really good about where you're at in November, the beginning of November. It's crazy. Yeah, really, before we've ever played a snap of football in November, we are – sitting in a really comfortable spot which is a blessing so it's going to be yeah. really exciting to see what they can uh put together as far as this new look offense um what are your keys to the game this week yeah um the i think the first key is establishing some sort of running game to demand a little bit of respect so that maybe you do see jalen ramsey come in a little bit you're not going to see him come down like he would have to if Derek Henry was in there but just command a little bit of respect from that secondary. So maybe they're hesitant to drop back so quick. Um, Julio or AJ or both need to have themselves a day. But I think what's more likely to happen is you're going to see Michael Pru. You're going to see um, maybe some of our, our guys that don't have one of those big names. You're going to see them do really well because AJ, Julio, Adrian, probably going to be a little locked up. Um so just spreading the ball around is going to be really key to our offensive success and protecting the ball because they're they're good at punching the ball out um, on the defensive side of the ball. Here's where I'm nervous. The Rams have allowed eight sacks over eight games. That's insane. So 
yes, we, we've got to where our pass rush looks pretty good. And the Colts have a good O-line. So last week, I think it was a good indication of how we're going to look against a competitive offensive line. And they still look good. Do they have three sacks? Do we have two or three? I'm going to go with two. Okay. So two sacks against you know a team that we used to struggle to get back in their pocket at all. I'm happy with that. So I think you can probably see one or two out of our pass rush. Um, but those guys, like, especially if I, mean, I know we were just looking at the injury report, Jeffrey Simmons did not practice today either. And it's Thursday. So that starts to get a little concerning. Um, but they've got to plug up the middle and create a lot of chaos so that Harold or Bud or Danico can get off the edge and go get some pressure. I'm not even worried about sacks. I want to see QB pressures. Um, because their passing game is really where they're going to kill us. And I don't trust our secondary one bit. So, um, we love KB, but KB cannot cover everybody by himself. So, Yeah, uh, along the same lines for myself, uh, their rush defense doesn't scare me that much, although Daryl Henderson is mm-hmm. good. Uh, where yeah. they're going to beat you is the passing game. So taking away Cooper Cup is going to be your number one key. And then you're pretty much yeah. limiting their offense to Van Jefferson, who has of late has been extremely hot. But I think if you take away and Woods and Woods, right? Uh, if you take away Cooper Cup, I think the rest starts to take care of itself. But that's yeah. going to be if you can't stop Cooper Cup, then you're just going to get picked apart because then you're going to start double teaming Cooper, and then you're just going to give wide open chunk plays to either Van yeah. Jefferson or Robert Woods. So um, find a way to lock down Cooper Cup, and then find a way to get mismatches on the offensive side of the ball. Find yeah, a way. I think Janoris Jenkins has his opportunity to make all of us shut up this week. If he can shut down Cooper cup, I'll give him a week where I don't talk shit about him. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure <laughs> he'll appreciate that. Right. Cause I matter so much. <laughs> right. Um, another big key for me is getting your wide receiver three in the game, because this is going to be a yeah. happy game. This is the most you're probably going to see Ryan Tannehill throw the ball in his Titans career until obviously until Henry gets back. But yeah. this has the perfect setup for Nick Westbrook Aquina to have a great game. But you've also got a little bit of a revenge game this week. You got Josh Reynolds going up against his old team. So yep. although he has been non existent this year so far this is his chance to really go out there and be like, hey, I'm, I can still contribute for this football team and be a really big part yeah. of it. So, And he should get his fair share of snaps. So that, that's going to be my keys is getting your wide, uh, wide receiver threes going and shutting down Cooper Cup on defense. Yeah, I think this is going to be the first time in a while we see a really, really pass-heavy Titans offense, which is anxiety-inducing but also really exciting. So it's going to be a – hey, it's going to be a thrill no matter what. And honestly, no matter what happens – I'm going to feel okay. If we lose, I'm going to be sad, of course, because I don't like losing. I'm a sore loser. But if we lose, we're 6-3 and three with a loss in the NFC. So in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter that much, especially in our playoff picture. But just for pride's sake, for the fact that I still hate the Rams because that Super Bowl and my ex-boyfriend is a Rams fan, so I would just really love to beat them. This is arguably the last hard game on our schedule. And I say that with all due yeah. respect to anybody. Can. But our hardest game after this week is what? You have the Saints who have a really good defense who right now you really don't know what they're looking like at the quarterback position. You've got the Jags once. You've got the Texans twice. Uh, you've got the 49ers who can't seem to hit 
rhythm on offense. Miami. Miami, who is hit or miss, especially if he's playing quarterback. Right. This is it. If you can win this game, there's no reason that you can't find a way to run the table for the rest of the season or at least, yeah. you know, only lose one or two more games. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what they look like with this new look offense. It's really hard to speculate what to expect just because you don't know. We haven't not had Derrick Henry, what, one game since he's been here? And that was against the Saints, and it was that's when they rested him. What was that, two years ago? Yeah. So there's no telling what we're going to get. It's just going to be exciting. Yeah, I think at this point, you know, we had our few days to, to be sad and to sulk a little bit and have a doomsday moments. But, um, and I know there were several podcasts out there and radio shows, local radio shows that were getting called out for being very like, hey, the season's over, like suck it up, Titans fans. And um, we're not, Joe and I are never going to be those people. Honestly, Albert's not even in that space right now. So we're also very much, you know, it's Super Bowl time. And um, when you look at the – as messed up as it is and as much as it sucks to not have Derrick Henry right now, it could not have really happened at a better time. I'm honestly a little grateful that he's not going against Aaron Donald because I could see that getting him hurt as well. Um, so I, I am grateful that matchup isn't happening. And then the injury he has, the recovery time that it has, I think Will Compton was actually talking about he had that same injury and came back within six weeks and was limited. And then after a couple more weeks, he was like, you know, back to probably 85, 90%. So, I mean, we'll we'll see, but just the way it all times out, that gives us a quote unquote fresh Derrick Henry to go into the playoffs. And that's we've never seen that. That's terrifying. Like, okay, here's I'll throw a bold take out there. Say everything goes well, you have a great recovery. Derrick Henry maybe plays a little bit of week 17 just to get some snaps, like maybe three or four snaps, nothing crazy, just to get him out there. And then we go, we play our first playoff game. I think he hits like 250. Okay. Easy. Easy. Because I think he's going to come back hot too. That's he's ready show. to go. So there, there's my bold like down the road take. But um, do you want to do a score prediction? Or you, I, I don't even want to try. I do. I do. I told you I wanted to debate something with you. And we'll be quick because I know we're running out of time. Oh, okay. I'm going to talk about your boy. All right. What he I'm did. I'm so sad Albert's not here for this. What he did. On third down, was stupid. I don't care what Vrabel says. I don't care if the whistle had been blown. That was a boneheaded mistake that the leadership on your defense should not have made. Big Jeff, if, if you're listening to this, man, I'm sorry, but that was stupid. The line was stopped. Three of your guys had him stopped behind the line of scrimmage. Go ahead, push the line back. Don't launch your body at the pile. It's a player safety issue. And then you've got an unnecessary roughness call against you and a free first down. So I'm going to say that was a boneheaded mistake. And we have to limit that coming into this week. Okay, so first of all, if Jeff is listening to this, I disagree. Um, I don't. I don't think Albert and I even talked about this. And I, that's why I wanted him to be here because I wanted his take. But um, players are – and I, I know your response, and you addressed it before I'm even going to say anything. Players are trained to play through the whistle. So they're trained to do. And what I've pushed back on several people is um, – that was Michael Pittman Jr., correct? I believe so. So he, he's kind of a slippery guy. 
And my pushback has been, okay, what would you have done if he got his foot out and was able to go and make some progress or go for a long run? Y'all would have been pissed at Jeff for not making the hit. So in my, I'm very, I'm sure y'all can tell by now I'm a little aggressive and every sport that I played, I'm six, two, I'm not small. I'm pretty strong. Um, my approach to everything was, okay, if I'm going to foul you or if I'm going to create a moment here, um, I'm going to make sure you feel me. I think Michael Pittman Jr. probably felt Jeff in that moment. I can see where everyone is upset because it was third down, it was third and long, and it sucks because they immediately got a first down in a very, very close game. But in that moment, that's all he's thinking about. He's thinking about stop the play. And if the NFL wants to protect their players and they want to do all that, they need to have competent refs that are blowing that play down because he he is trained and every other athlete is trained to play through the whistle. So all he's thinking in his head is the whistle is not blown. I've got to go make this tackle. And that's what he did. So I, I understand your perspective. I just respectfully disagree. Disrespectfully disagree. Okay. No, I the, said respect. I said I, thought, I just I, I respectfully you, disagree. I thought you said disrespectfully. I was like, damn. No, 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 no. Of course, damn. of course not. Always respectful. If if the <laughs> if the play was closer to the the first down marker, yeah, sure. go in there, hit him as hard as you can, and try to knock him backwards. But in a situation like I'm, wasn't it like third and fifteen, and the 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 catch was at or behind the line of scrimmage? There's just no reason. There's, there's no re- – if you're playing to the whistle, cool, I got it. Go in there, make it on the guy. But Jeff isn't – in any other situation, when have you ever seen Jeffrey Simmons, unless it was a play on the goal line at the line of scrimmage, when has he ever launched his body at somebody? He hasn't. That was a reckless play. Let's say I've watched a lot of his football, and he definitely has, especially through college. But I understand. Here's the thing. Again, what, if he, what, what if he would have got hurt? What if Jeff would have got hurt from that? Oh, I would have been upset, but he didn't. So, <laughs> but what I will also half say, that's all I want. Turn it down half a notch. Sure. And we're good. Like maybe don't, don't launch at him. But at the same time, <laughs> that's in that moment, what he felt was appropriate. And I'm not mad at him for it. And I'm not mad I, at him, but I'll continue to defend him on that. And the Trevor Lawrence play that NFL officiating did come out and say should not have been a flag. So. You know, I was right about that. Mike Frable agreed with me on this one. False. Almost said word for word False. what I said on Twitter. False. He No, you clearly didn't read what I wrote. I said if they're going to make it a player safety issue, which it is, they need to blow the whistle. That's what Mike Frable said. And then he continued to say he's not going to disagree with it being a penalty. Yeah. Okay. But this – it, it should have been blown. You were correct. It, the play should have been blown dead. That both. Was correct. That was, that, was, that was a true thing. Literally, we're both correct. That's all. It's fine. We can both I'm be correct. right. Okay. All right. Cool. We're <laughs> Damn it, Joe. <laughs> but no, for real. Like, I, just the way I am, the way that I played sports, and the way that I coached, I wouldn't have necessarily been upset at that. I, the bonehead move is the fact that it's third and 16. That sucked. Yes. That sucked. But... Yeah. Would y'all have been just as mad as if it was first and ten? No, that, that's no. why you're mad. You're mad because of the situation. You're not mad because of the play, and that's that's all I want people to acknowledge. You're not mad that he hit him. You're mad that he hit him on third down. Right. So I understand. I'll, I'll agree with that statement. It, if it would have been in a different game situations, okay, he was. But 
that's that's where your your veteran leaders separate themselves on their teams and in the league is that they they know that situation though they they can't take a risk of that flag being thrown sure. anyway i think i think all, we've all due respect enough. all due respect to him he's not quote unquote a veteran yet and he's in his third year and really he missed half of his first year so it's like he's really going on this would be like two years this week i think would be two years for him in the nfl so cut him some slack joe damn I, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just giving your boy too much credit. I don't. Maybe I'll give him less credit. No, I I think he's a great leader, but I think you also have to understand that people get competitive in moments, and he was ready to make that play. And uh, NFL, the fish, the refs. It's on the refs. I'm gonna stick by that. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give you my prediction <laughs> for this week. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with the Titans thirty. Rams 27. Oh, shit. So all of us are going to have like five heart attacks on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> it's going to come. It's going to come down to a Randy Bullock kick. Oh, Lord. Well, I trust him. I do. I, I love that. That moment in the locker room they had with him this past week. Like he's found his home. I love it. Fat Randy, man. We love you. You want to throw a prediction out there? Or you want to call that a day? No, I'm not going to throw a prediction out there. I have too much anxiety about it, and I I honestly don't know that we're going to win this game, and that I just don't want to put that out there in the in a number. Fair enough. So, Well, we appreciate all y'all <laughs> for tuning in. Uh, we love getting to spend this time with y'all. As always, if you haven't yet, look for us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter, at SIA Titans Beat. We look forward to talking to you guys next week with hopefully a great recap of what went down on Sunday Night yeah. Football. A great win. On okay. Sunday Night Football. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Tighten and up. make sure you follow us because some of your favorite players do, so you should too. But tighten up. <laughs>